Hello and welcome to Mectrospective, the podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm your host, Tooch. I'm Devin. Another host. Yes, I am the second host of <laughs> Mectrospective. Hi, this is if this is your first episode. Uh, um, yes. I guess I, I want I wanted to go I, I my brain was like say I'm one of your hosts but I think that's what we used to say on Toon Goons and I am a little bit sad. Uh, but, <laughs> I got um, you got you got the wires crossed for a second there. So Twitch, what are we actually talking about today? We're talking about girls in robots. It's a, a very rare thing that needs to needs to be less rare, which is kind of why we're talking about it. Uh, it's Granbelm, not Grandbelm. It's not. It's not that great. <laughs> uh, like I enjoyed it. It was very fun. Is is I, my brief I wouldn't pitch. say this was bad. I I will. I wouldn't. I would hesitate to call this bad. We we cover a lot. We cover a lot of media that even if you don't like it, it it goes for something. We don't do a whole lot of uh like middle of the road like mass appeal stuff or if yeah, it, is... or, or if, it, if it was that usually it transcends in some way this is the first thing we've done where i would say that like yeah this was made to sell like toys and anime girl figures <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> and not much else i don't know how much merch this show has i mean it, it literally just dropped like it it aired this year so yeah uh, maybe like, 2020 th- this show makes me think of like r- brought me back to kind of the the early 2000s and late 90s where everybody was trying to make the next Evangelion, but except this is for Madoka. Yes. And it's funny yes. that we Yes! And uh, it's kind of like that. Like, not, I don't want to throw Razafon under the bus because Razafon's pretty good, but that was very much like, hey, let's try to do an Evangelion thing. <laughs> I want to cover Razafon. Um, I like it. It's good. <laughs> it just wants to be they... Evangelion a lot. And I feel like this wants to be Madoka with a little less bite, but... We can, we'll get into the nitty gritty of it. First of all, let's yeah. talk about that opening. Because if I don't know if I'm going crazy or not. And that uh-huh. opening is only 90 seconds, which is the, the minute 30. That is the... Is it? That is the time that it... I looked it up. The it, That opening feels like two and a half minutes long. And I don't mind it. I like openings for anime. And that was a pretty good opening. But like, I was going crazy because I'm like, there's no way that opening is 90 seconds long. But it is. <laughs> it's I, good. I like it. It's a pretty, it's a really good opening. It didn't feel like an aughts opening. It felt like a, uh, well, no, it felt like an aughts opening. It didn't feel like a teens opening. Yeah. God, I can't wait to be in the Roaring Twenties Part 2. 23 skidoo! But, uh, that opening, uh, so, I, one that we're gonna get to this immediately, but I find it funny how Rosa is featured prominently in the, both the opening and ending. Let's talk about the ending and how it's the worst anime ending I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, uh, you mean that uh, that desktop wallpaper? Yeah, that desktop wallpaper of all them all looking dead-eyed at nothing, and then it just zooms out and ends. It's the worst anime ending I've ever seen. It's I I like the image. Whoever drew that, good job. Um, I think most I th- I think honestly, and I think this is just a byproduct of being in an anime industry that tends to make everything too long. 
this this is as short as it needs to be which is relatively short um but what that ends up happening is you can get rid of characters pretty early and they'll still end up technically being a significant portion of the show screen time wise so a couple characters you don't really hear that much from them but because they're in the opening and ending because technically they're main like the whole time I was waiting for them to come back, and it like never happened because that's not what show this is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so um, like the 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 first the first girl that got knocked out, which we'll get into. Like I was I was wait I was honestly when she first did that I was like I was like okay she's gonna come back in the third act and be like Char or something. Like. <laughs> so I I I have the show has committed has three glaring issues. For uh, for it, like once again, I if I I'm gonna put this on my my anime list to you know like for archivists' sake, I'd, I'm probably yeah. gonna give it a six out of ten. That's probably what I'd give it if I'm being a poo poo grumpy asshole about it. But uh, yeah. but I once again I do I don't regret watching this. I don't think I would have watched it otherwise. But I do enjoy I did enjoy it. I had had fun watching it. Uh, but the three big glaring issues I have with it is a. It has no, it has no, like, subtitle. It's oh. just Grand Belm. It's not like, you know, Magical Arena Grand Belm. Or like, um, Armonix Warrior Grand Belm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not, like, that's strike one. Strike two is the fact that nobody has any attack names. That's which, true, you're right. Which is something that I think would have increased my enjoyment of this show. Like, if somebody, if everybody had, like, two signature attacks, I would have been, and I'm looking at this from, like, a mecha show, and, like, that's also a magical girl mm-hmm. trope, too. So that gets it, so that, like, drops both plates. Kind of there. And then third, this anime is terrible at telling you when things are happening, and it just, scene transitions just happen arbitrarily, and you're never sure if something's a flashback or not. Those yeah, are the three mm. biggest issues I have with the show. Other than that, it was pre- I had a pretty fun time. Yeah, it, it was fun. And honestly, I, I think this is what I wanted. I think if anything, if anything, this this series is. I I wish, I wish we had more variety in in Mecca. Just so, because I feel like Mecca is at a point now where it's like. It's not super in vogue, like not like it was during certain eras, and so basically any time a mecha series does come out, it it has the weight of the world on its shoulders in a way that sometimes that some like Grand Belm doesn't necessarily deserve that. Grand Belm isn't setting out to to be that much, but just because we have such a such a lack of of content, like it's basically this. And like whatever Gundam is constantly cooking up, which even there, they're always yeah. There hasn't been miss. a Gundam. There hasn't been an AU Gundam show since uh, IBO ended, which is a little weird. Like IBO came only like I, a year after Age. I think or, they're put. I think they're putting a lot of their AU efforts into the Build Divers franchise. Yeah, because of Build Fighters and the then Build Divers after it, like that whole like the whole Gunpla battle. Well, because like that, those are essentially a sports anime almost, or like one of those, like it's something similar to say like Yu-Gi-Oh or like Beyblade or even Mega Man Battle Network. I always think of Mega Man Battle Network with Gundams is how I describe those uh, that sub series of Gundams, of Gundam. Mm-hmm. 
So do you want to go through the cast of characters in ascending order of importance? Uh, if I can, if I can remember any of them aside from like the the, the last three. Uh, <laughs> so let's say let's say they, they, they were all I I did like them all, but again, like it's such it's so short and it honestly it it takes me it takes me more than thirteen episodes to remember a lot of character names in anime. It's just a fault of my own, but yeah. So we got let's let's start with Rosa. She's the one who gets knocked out in the first episode and then is like not relevant ever again. Uh, she has like she has like maybe like fifteen minutes of screen time in the entirety of the show. Uh, she comes back in a somewhat interesting way, and her outfit is awful. I'll just say that <laughs> she looks like somebody's OC Vocaloid. Yeah, that 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 is kind of the aesthetic for 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 some stuff in this show, though. And uh. Her harmonics is the teal one, and it's called uh, Crest Anthurium. Oh, Anthurium. That's what it Anth- is. Yeah. Crest Anthurium. I like the harmonics. I like the way they look. I they're, also, they're great. They're the highlight of the show. They're animated Absolutely. pretty well. Um, I like that they're not huge. I also like the cockpits of the harmonics, how they, you can see the limbs in them, because that's always something that bothers me in later Gundam, UC Gundam shows. Everybody has the 3D panoramic cockpits, but so it looks like they're just like a chair floating in space. But I'm like, do you see the limbs of your Gundam at all or like whatever? So this did that. And I thought that was interesting. It's like in Halo when you look down, you can see your legs and you're like, oh, I like that. Um, yeah, I, I I did enjoy how they pilot them. And, and, and it wasn't just like, oh, magic strings, but like everybody, everybody, everybody has their magic strings manifest in a different way. Um, so that was really cool, especially, um, uh, Ku- uh, Kuon, uh... Yeah, Kuon's probably my favorite S- character in the se- in the show. S- she, yeah, S- S- Setsugetsu Baika is my favorite Armanox. So, um, next like on... A, a bumblebee with fans. Next on the chopping, her, so we don't really get to see Rosa or her, her Armanox do pretty much anything. Uh-huh. Because she, she gets kind of KO'd in the first episode, and then... You never see her. You see her again very briefly when we'll when we'll touch on that. But uh, she's pretty much unimportant. Next up, we have a slightly more important character, Nene. And yes, she is forever a child for reasons that are not quite explained. Mm. But we know why. <laughs> uh, her two younger sisters are all, are like adults, and I kind of liked their dynamic. I thought they were fun. Mm-hmm. I, and, I th- yeah. It- in a vacuum, in a vacuum where anime, where the anime industry isn't awful and untrustworthy in their intentions, I do like, I, I like that dynamic of like, ugh, my like my younger sisters are taller than me, and it's awkward, and everyone confuses me for for a fucking middle schooler, because like that's that's some people's that's some people's lives. Like I know several, I know several women in my life who just will never be taller than they were at thirteen, and they'll be carded until they're forty. That, that um, was my that was my ex at one point yeah. actually we were coming back from New York once mm-hmm. and uh, so and it's, and we're at the Port Authority in New York because uh, we're just gonna get a greyhound back to Philly because that's that's where I live and um, we and, and a cop is sees me with with my girlfriend at the time and pulls me aside <laughs> and is all just like, because a cop pulls me aside because she because th- this cop thought I was escorting a runaway out of the city. Oh my god. And then I had to, and then we had to like pull out like her ID and my ID and we ended up like missing our bus. It was fucking awful, but that shit is real. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, people still but... assume I'm in high school, but I'm fucking 24. Uh, yeah. So... Unfortunately, anime never handles that phenomenon well, and they always use it to sell to sell merchandise to perverts. Uh, yes. But in, in, in a vacuum... This show is fine with it. It just it just is a thing. Yeah, this show has really... a, this, this show has like it had like next to no fan service by today's standards, the, and I was like the the weirdest thing was like the reveal in the middle of the series of just like oh yeah if if you don't keep a clear mental picture of where you wanna end end up at after the Grand Belm tournament. You just sort of show up wherever you were left, wherever you got teleported from, and also for some reason you're nude. Yeah, that's that. That's literally <laughs> it. And I was just like, "Come on!" Like they they don't they don't they mostly they do nothing with it. Is the yeah, thing, exactly. but it's just the fact that some like somebody it was probably an idea on the table and somebody went like, yeah, sure. Why not? Why would anybody have a problem with that? Why would anybody have a problem with that? Uh, so Nene is actually friends with, um, with Mangetsu, the main character's little sister. And I always thought that like their whole friendship was like nice, but kind of utterly pointless. Like it served no purpose in the show. Yeah. Like I thought that was going to lead to something and then it just didn't. Uh, she pilots the Ji Guan Long, which is a dragon-looking one that has, like, it's not even humanoid, really. Yeah, there's there's a couple of them that are super, like, I, I did like that they could get non-human. That That is the other thing, because, like, we, we talked about it before, and I, I, I actually forget. Oh, yeah, that was the two things where it's, like, the, the only things that I, the only reason that I would want the show to be more than 13 episodes would be to get more of their lives in between uh, in between uh, Grand Belt yeah. tournaments, and also I would want the opportunity to get more uh, to get more Arminoxes. That's really all I want. If they wanted to do a second series that was just a different continuity or whatever, like I'll fucking watch that one too. I just want to I want to see more Arminoxes. If they want to make like a fucking light novel or some shit, I don't care. If you never know what's gonna randomly erupt into a franchise, I mean, Eureka Seven's yeah, right. a franchise, and all and it's all bad except for the original series, which is amazing. That's what I hear. <laughs> it's I, I can't wait to have to watch those. Not not shitting on the original Rekka Seven. Don't get me wrong. The original Rekka Seven oh, no, is that's... like perfect, but like yeah. all, everything that came after. Whoo. Uh. So yeah, Nene seems to have you have like her sisters like are kind of doing like Hacker Man kind of like fake computer stuff. <laughs> I don't. I can never quite understand like what. Like I like that they that they appeared in her cockpit as like little dolls. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cute aesthetic stuff in here. Like it, it's people good. had a lot of good ideas, but nobody quite knew what to do with any of them. Well, cause yeah, cause I think like again, like th- this this isn't a show that was going for a whole lot. It 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 very much was just like a. What if uh what if what if Madoka was uh a a a mecha magical girl battle royale because that sort of has become its own sub yeah the battle because of the i think it's because of the popularity of fate uh is is that what fate is i don't know about fate uh i i i like Tsukihime, which is somewhat adjacent to the fate universe but Mm -hmm. i've never really been interested in fate that much but all my friends are into it or at least Mm -hmm. they used to be at least my friends back in high school were and so the from my understanding the premise of fate is that you're you're a wizard and you have a, uh, like, a partner. And your partner is your, like, who fights for you. 
and they're also and they're like a legendary person from somewhere in history. But you're but the only but you're not allowed to know who exactly they are, and they all have like a different class. Like you can be mm-hmm. like a caster, a saber, an, an, a lancer, an archer, like all these different kinds of things, and they're all like hyper anime versions of people in history. And so the whole thing is they're all fighting, I think, over the Holy Grail. And every that tracks. like, and then every ten years, like all these wizards have to fight to the death, and only the winner can like, only the last man standing can uh, get the um, the Holy Grail. That's just that's just that's my very basic understanding of fate. And, uh, I, this, not saying this is a new premise in anime, like, Mirai Nikki had the same premise, hell, uh, Kamen Rider Ryuki did. I, huh. I used, I used to just call them, uh, Highlander, I just used to call it, like, Highlander anime. Right. Because that was what I would always call them, but apparently it's a very popular subgenre now for the Battle Royale anime. So Thank you, Fortnite. <laughs> Uh, so who's next uh, after Nene we, uh, in terms of importance? Uh, I guess then we got uh, Anna, who is the main antagonist of, um, of the, I'd say, the first half of the show, pretty much. Yeah, she's, she's, well, she's like the rival. She, she's the rival, but she thinks she's the big bad. She looks like the, the red one from Love Live and is always angry. She's, she's so fucking mad. She's just like, she's so pissed at all times. She has no other emotions. She's just always yelling. Her face is always like weirdly scrunched up. Even in the opening when they're, cause like when like her jewel flies across her face, she just gets more pissed off. And I thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah, no, that that's like th- this, that, that is one thing this show does well, I will say, is it, what little story it does have, it just Packs with melodrama. It's oh yeah, this so the show is extra. dramatic. If you if you are susceptible to melodrama, like you get wrapped up in it really easily, I think you could have a good time with this. Yeah, and that's not a bad like, thing. Like I wish I I wish I could enjoy media on a more superficial level, but I'm just such a douchebag that I can't. It's it, I mean like it's understandable because like even me who is very susceptible to to melodrama, if it's wrapped up in good enough aesthetics, that's the thing. Like if. If the mech design wasn't so on point, I probably would have dropped this show. Because even then, like, honestly, there isn't that, there isn't even necessarily that much on-screen mech action that isn't, like, broken up with really quick cutaways and a whole lot. I think if we were to go back and actually clock, and, you know, this is a very, this is a very arbitrary, like... Because oh, we're like looking when, at this, we're a mecha podcast. We're looking at this from the yeah. perspective of like we like robots. Yes, th- th- yeah. So like on and this level, fight, on this like robots on, fight. on this arbitrary level that should not be used to objectively quantify quality, which you can't. Um, I feel like if we went back and actually clocked how much on-screen time we get of them in the cockpit versus how much time we actually see the the mechs themselves doing things, I think we would get more cockpit time. I think we. Um, I think if you took all thirteen episodes and filtered out all of the mech battles, I think you'd maybe have about forty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> maybe an hour. If I'm being generous, I'll give it an hour. You have about sixty minutes of mech fighting in the an entire in the entirety of uh the show. I will say for this show's benefit, though, the last four <laughs> episodes are pretty solid. Yes, it did. It, like it like it did show 
that it was willing to go the extra mile like the like because the melodrama is high and i was like okay but are they yeah, the gonna, melodrama uh, hits like a such a peak that it becomes very entertaining it's like the melodrama gets yeah. hypercharged you can start seeing where they're like okay this is all the stuff they've been building up to and i was actually surprised at how invested i was by the final episode i i did not expect that i think i think like Same. the last three episodes were at, like were really good like we're like the, if the rest of the show was as good as the last three episodes i would give this like a, a glowing recommendation yeah um because because that's what i was gonna say was like uh even though i like i am susceptible to shallow melodrama but even me being that way it took it took until the very end for me to understand why the fuck anna was so mad over yeah. what for like the first like for the first, like, eight episodes, really seems to be fucking nothing. <laughs> Anna's just mad that, that Shingetsu broke up with her. Yeah, but that, then also, like, it, it waited, like, it, it was weird. It was this weird phenomena where, like, y you would get a, a flashback with Anna and go, okay, so that's her sad backstory. And then, like, three episodes down the line, the show would be like, no, 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 here's her sad backstory. And then they did that, like, two more times. <laughs> I'll, can I say one thing that really confused me and made mm -hmm. me feel like a fucking idiot is that Anna's younger sister looks just like young Anna. Mm -hmm. So like I so there was there was scenes where like because th this is what I mean by like I could not tell when things were happening because they this scene does not gracefully transition from scene to scene it just things kind of happen and I I think that's more a fault of direction than writing but um. Like, for example, I remember what there was this long scene of Anna's young sister talking to, um, I just completely forgot her name, because it's, uh, to, um, to Suisha. And I was like, oh, shit, Suisha's, like, older in Anna's childhood, so she's, like, served her family for a long time, and I'm like, oh, wait, no. And then, like, then Anna walks in, and I'm like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> just stuff like that <laughs> with, I don't know. Yeah. It's it just the, something about this show. It didn't tell its story well, and I wish it did because I think I would have liked it better. Um, Anna has an axe, yeah. and also tries to murder somebody <laughs> with a with a real ass axe. Yeah, I like I I was honestly confused towards the end of like I think it was like episode eight or something like that because that's when I feel like that's when everything bad happens in Magical Girl anime. Yeah, <laughs> it's episode eight. Um, but, uh, what did she try- she, like, I feel like she tried to kill her mother or something? I think so? Like, and, and at, the, at the cliffhanger of that episode, I thought she succeeded, and then it cuts to the next episode next week, uh, cause I watched this as it was coming out, um, and I think she was just fine, but she was, like, in a coma, and I'm like, that's not what- po I thought she was either like got axe murdered or she was like poisoned yeah, that's, or that something. Was, that was what drove me crazy about this show is that I like I feel that like sometimes I thought like I was like oh shit I think I might have skipped an episode and then I went back and rewatched the previous one and I'm just like uh, uh. that's that 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 sound I just made is kind of how I felt throughout a lot of this. Yeah. Um, like I uh so. Uh, yeah, but Anna's so mad. She's like, I, f I, I haven't read Rose of Versailles, but I expect her. I, I, she's like, I, what I feel is like maybe a hyperfied modern version of a villain from Rose of Versailles, like a scorned noblewoman whose honor has been has whose like honor has been uh, sullied. 
Yeah, like, yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's very aristocratic, but like, but it, it isn't even because even in her own aristocratic world, everyone around her is telling her to calm the fuck down. Um, and it's not until very deep into the series that you find out, like, no, it's it's way more than that. It's like so much more personal, and it's just like, well, yeah, because like it it wasn't until the very end when we get the sense of like just how. Because, like, she she just thought she was convinced she was the one, right? Like, I yeah. feel like every everybody, every, like, everybody was convinced. At, at the tail end, I feel like the, the, the last three standing, kind of, were the one. Each of them thought that they were the protagonist, right? Yeah. Um, and the, while, meanwhile, the actual protagonist is just, like, here to support her fucking girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, that, that's pretty much all there really is to Anna before we get into, like, the plot plot. Uh, her harmonics is Aconite Gris, which has a big axe. It's the red-looking one. Mm-hmm. I, I think that one has a pretty solid design. That one just looks like one of the elemental lords from fucking Super Robot Wars. Yeah, it, it's, it's, like, big, big, lots of big pointy, lots of big pointy red parts, some green accents. It has a big, great gold shield and a red axe. It's fun. Yeah, you, it, it's exactly what you fine. think hers would look like. Yes. Uh, so now we're getting to the more important characters. Uh, next we got Kuan, and I gotta say, if I directed this show, Kuan would have been the main character. Yeah, like, because <laughs> like the what? <laughs> like, and I, I I get all when I get to Mangetsu, I know uh, I'm gonna complain about her, but I know all of it was intentional, and I get that that uh-huh. softened the blow a bit. But still, it's like this show would have been infinitely better if Kuan was the main character. She yeah, has, or like, at the, the very, or at the very least, at the very least, had been in the main cast from the jump, because she just kind of shows up. Because it's like for, she the, shows up with the most backstory, with the least time to talk about it. Yeah, she has the most reason besides like Shingetsu for wanting to do what she's doing, like. Mm-hmm. She had like, and I and she has the whole thing where she wasn't really supposed to be the you know the um the one to do it. It was supposed to be her sister, so like that would still work. Like she was she was unprepared for this burden that she now has to undertake in her sister's name. So it isn't just like oh she's a master mage already. Like you could it could totally work yeah. that she would be the main character. I just I'm kind of mind blown that she's not. Yeah, that that is one thing I did like about this is like because while while there is a like a u- like a unified rule set and culture around the Grand Belm tournament itself, every family does have a distinct way and culture around their own magic, and I did like that. And I guess hers is very you know, kind of like Shinto. She, it was very Japanese, whereas like Nene had the yes. Feng Shui Chinese stuff going on. Anna was a way more kind of like traditional like Western occultism. Yeah, but just animeified like with giant glowing glyphs and shit. I, uh, you know what? I would like if they made if they did like if they did like the cliche like movie trilogy cut or like movie duology cut with a trilogy that's a whole new thing altogether. That literally what Madoka did. I would probably dig the shit out of that. If I directed this show, Kuan would be the main character, and every character would have a different a pra- different kind of magical practice that I would mm-hmm. base in something sort of real. Like, I would have, um... 
Like I would base like Kulan's already kind of based on more like on like Shinto kind of stu- kind of stuff, and then I Nene's based on Feng Shui. So I'd start like okay, Anna's going to be based off of this school of magic, and then you're, I would go into more detail about it. But I just don't feel like talking about occultism for a million yeah. hours on this Grand Belm episode. The Chaos Magician one is wearing a leather jacket with sunglasses, reading Grant Morrison comics, taking credit for every single coincidence that happens. Huh? You see how I met here? I did that. <laughs> I burned a sigil two weeks ago. Yeah, I did that. That's that's me being self-deprecating, by the way. God. But yeah, um, I I feel like that's that's in a perfect world, Kuan would be the uh, main character, and Sets gets Bika is it looks like a metabot, and I love it. Her harmonics, it has fans. Yes, it looks that like is a metabot. that that's what it is. It looks like a metabot. I wish, uh, you know what. Get, Give me infinite, like, give me infinite power in the universe. Give me a genie wish in terms of pop culture, and like, which, which, which franchise that never took off do you want to take off? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Metabots every time. Really? I, I yes, I, just... I love the mech. Like, literally, it's just 100 percent the mech design and aesthetic, and just like it's literally just Pokemon, but you build a little friend. I dig it so yeah. much, and it just never took off. So, um, her whole deal, Kuan, is that her sister is in a coma. She was cursed, and now she's kind of fighting to, to save her sister. But they never really go deeper than that, and it's sad because she has the most backstory out of anybody. Like, her, her and Anna have, like, the most backstory, which is, I feel like, I don't know, I, there's a lot about this show that could, that's so almost great. But the, it, it, yeah, it's that, a lot that is of, the thing, that... It's it, it it is it's almost it's almost something it's almost something cool and I, I, it's weird because it's it's not even that I necessarily feel like any one specific thing is holding it back. I just think it legitimately wasn't wasn't trying that hard. <laughs> yeah, it 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 really wasn't. Um, it's middle of the road. So now we're back to the top three. We got, uh, which is, I think we're already going into spoilers by listing that, by if by uh, saying Suisho is more important than Anna. <laughs> but um, I, I liked Suisho at first because uh, her Armonix looks really silly and it has like the, it's always doing Scooby-Doo ghost hands. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely the, the, like the, the coolest looking one. It's definitely the most, the most aesthetic, the most, like one of the most stylized ones because it just has like, Every part it, it's supposed to look like 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 an like an NES ass like fucking like low poly mage with like the big robe and like he, he looks like the like Jawa the, face you can't see. He'd be like the second boss in an eight bit Final Fantasy game. Yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, the Drosella Nocturne. Nice. Um, good names. Good names all yeah, around. Yeah, I like. They're all. They're all good. Uh, Drusella Nocturne, uh, so for the first half of the show, she's kind of just, like, Anna's number two, and she's kind of, like, doesn't take anything seriously, and she's always kind of, like, ha 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 ha, kind of, like, kind of flipping. I do, like, she, she is my favorite, she is my favorite yeah. character in this. She, I'd say she, her she, and Kuan are the strongest characters. Her, just because her, like, f- from the jump, it's so, especially if you're, like, aware of tropes and things, from the jump, it's so obvious that, like, she's just following along with Anna out of sheer like entertainment and convenience and like the whole show the whole show I was just waiting for the drop and boy did it deliver yeah 
Uh, so Suisho, like, she kind of has, like, a... She goes from kind of being, like, an enigmatic number two to being the main villain around, like, the... I'd say, I want to say episode eight or nine, because, uh, we'll get into the plot, but Anna gets gets retconned out of reality. Yeah. So, uh, was something that Nene kind of avoided. But, uh, we'll get into that, and Rosa, but we'll, we'll get into that slight in a little bit when we kind of briefly summarize the entire show, because not a lot happens. Uh, she, so, uh... Her she kind of goes into some psycho levels, which is fun. I feel like you, I always like you know villains that are like some of my favorite like anime villains are ones that are really out there, like Dio, like or Yazan from Zeta Gundam, or uh, like I think Dio is a good example of just complete psycho bad guy villain with barely any redeeming qualities. Like I like, I'm not saying I don't like nuanced villains. Like I love nuanced villains, but sometimes you just want somebody who's really easy to hate. Yeah, you just want somebody who just wants to stop being nice and to go ape shit. Yeah, and like, so I, I, it's fun. I'm glad that she went that route because that's very fun. Because like, it, I'm gonna say this: writing nuanced villains is very hard, and not a lot of people can do that. But it's kind of it's also easier to write fun, crazy villains. But depending on the yeah. tone of the show, like for example, I'm gonna say this, and then it, people are gonna cite our future. <laughs> People are going to cite this episode when, in a mil, in ten years when we do Gundam Seed, and they're like, Devin, you hate Rao Lucrescent because he's crazy. But I'm like, yeah, but the tone of Gundam Seed is supposed is trying to go for something realistic, whereas this is Grand Belm. This the one of the main <laughs> one of the main characters pilots a cat girl mech with guns like, and a yeah with tail. a shotgun. <laughs> so I guess um. Because of, uh, spoilers, uh, I like that- we're gonna talk about Mangetsu now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is the decoy protagonist. Kind which of, is, yeah. Which is what TV Tropes called her, and I liked that a lot. Um, that's kind because Mangetsu I didn't like for the majority of the show, because, mm-hmm. like, while she reminded me of kind of, like, a lazier written Madoka, where Madoka's whole thing was not really having any agency or any, like, real personality or anything- Whereas, yeah. and Mangetsu has the same thing, but at least with Mangetsu, they, they sort of lampshade it at, like, the last second. Yeah. Because she has no stake in this fight at all, besides the fact that she is Shingetsu's girlfriend. Um, yeah, I One thing I, I did like, because, like, yes, it, it is, it, like, the, the twist at the end does, like, explain a whole bunch of stuff, but even when I thought that she was just a normal girl... Uh, and again, like, maybe, like, it's been forever since I watched Madoka, and I just sort of watched it, like, I, I didn't really do a super deep read on it, I, I, I think I was just watching it just to say that I did, um, but, um, maybe other anime and other stories probably did this better, maybe, but one thing I did like about Mangetsu was just her, cause she, she wasn't, cause, like, she wasn't just the protagonist of, like, oh, I'm just a normal girl and I've got nothing going on and I got roped into this stuff. Like, she is told to leave so often. And then, like, she... That that, that big that, that big speech that she gives to Shingetsu of just basically, like, look, I've got nothing... I've, I've got... Like, I've got nothing going on and, like, the, the... Which is why I, like, I go out of my way so often at school for people who don't give a fuck about me just so i can feel like i have i i i can do something for some people but it never works but like this is the one thing that i'm 
like good at i have a knack for this for some fucking reason so even though it's confusing and i hate it and i don't fully understand the ramifications of what it is i'm doing i feel like i'm doing something when i'm participating in grand Belm, so i need to chase this for my own self and i that that made me stick with the show honestly i liked that yeah that's that's kind of that came a little too late i thought but it did soften my my opinion of mangetsu i if, if once again if i was the if i was directing the show i would have I would have, the way I would have handled the Kuan Mangetsu hybrid character that I'm envisioning is that, like, <laughs> is, like, what I would have done is, uh, her family, like, neglected her because they were, everyone was grooming her older sister to be the one. And she was kind of just like, oh, you're not going to participate in the thing and you're not, you don't really have a stake in this fight, so you can just do fucking whatever. And so that was kind of, and then suddenly she has that, like, that kind and then her and her family's like dead or something so they're not even in the show but like so she's now just there taking care of her like comatose sister and then so she still has to deal with the fact that she doesn't really even have an identity at all but now yeah, suddenly she has to undertake her I sister's love, I, I love devin I, I love i love devin conceptualizing and like world building for his own mech jiggle girl show live on podcast <laughs> you no know, because that, that's all i could think about while i was watching this is how i would do this show and make it better Mm-hmm. because there's a that, lot of honestly good that's people underestimate that as a creative drive and motivation if you if anybody out there ha, ever has that thought take it as far as it'll go because there's been lots of stuff there is a there is a fantasy series there is a 10 book technically 12 for, with some side stuff fantasy series uh generally known as the Belgariad. Um, I forget the author's. I forget the author's name. Him and his wife wrote the majority of wrote majority of the books, and I think his wife passed. But uh, his initial motivation for writing fantasy, which he had never really done that much before, was he. It was like a couple. It was like a couple decades post Lord of the Rings, I think. And he went to the bookstore, and he and he saw like brand new editions of Lord of the Rings, and he his opinion was basically like. Man, people are still reading this shit. I gotta do something about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like that's that was um, uh, one of the most important books I ever read was Stephen King's On Writing. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, just, I, I, yeah, I read that too. And uh, my favorite bit in it is toward the beginning when he said the most important moment in an in an author's career is when you read something and think, "Man, I can write something better than this." Yes. And he was—he was talking about like some pulpy sci-fi novel he read called like *Asteroid Miners* and how they, the the author was obsessed with the word "zestful" and how much he hates that word and how he refuses to ever write the word "zestful" in any of his books. Oh man, my favorite part was when he absolutely showed what an old man he is, and he was basically like, "I hate TV. Nothing good has ever been made for television." <laughs> I mean, if I was Stephen King and I looked at the horrible adaptations of all of my work, I would hate TV too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Stephen King, but that's that's for a different podcast. Yeah. But th- I feel that that's I feel that way about Grand Belle a lot because this show has a lot going for it. It's like a lot of really good ingredients that kind of were put into a very underwhelming stew. Where you're like, eh, you kind of boiled this it. too. You didn't put any seasoning in it. I can kind of taste the carrots, but like they're too mushy because you put it on to, in too long. Mm-hmm. It's it kind of like that. Uh, so let's talk about the White Lily and how uh, TV tropes pointed this out to me that. Um, the white lily, apparently, as a flower itself, is, like, kind of the unofficial symbol of the Yuri genre. Oh. So, 
I guess Mongetsu's gay. <laughs> Not that yeah, I had I any mean... doubts about that, but... <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. Absolutely. This. This is. This is definitely one of those like. Um, yeah. If. If you want some just like wholesome, some like wholesome yuri about 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 teen about te- about teen girls going through it together, like th- this show has like this this show has a lot of stuff for a lot of people, but it just never coalesces in in the Into way anything that, cohesive. Like, there's like there's too many better examples. There's too many better yeah, examples like, of everything this if, show does well. Like, if you, like, once again, uh, Madoka, if you haven't watched that, <laughs> Madoka's good. Honestly, at, at the, like, at the, at this point, the, the further we go on, at the, the further we go on, the, the more people, like, <laughs> we're gonna be, we're gonna be a hundred episodes into this show, and by then, we'll probably, anybody who, like, finds us for the first time are, will probably be of such an era where Madoka will be a quote-unquote classic anime. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it will be. It'll be up, it'll be, it's, it's, it was, yeah. like, it was 2011, t- right? 2011, 2012? Yeah. Was it that soon? I think, because I remember I was in high school when it was, when I watched it. Um, mm. I, I know I showed it in Anime Club my senior year, because I was president of the Anime Club. Let me look this up real quick. Madoka Magica, it aired from January 7th. Yeah, 20, January to April 2011. Okay. Yeah, so we're, it's been like... It's been like eight eight years, and apparently, um, there's like another Madoka uh, thing supposed to follow up the Rebellion movie, but that's been in like development hell. Yeah, we'll get it someday. I'm sure we will. Who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll, pro- maybe we'll have we'll... a spinoff Magical Girl podcast. Maybe you and my friend Meru can make that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll honestly, we'll, we'll we'll probably get it, or we'll probably get it shortly after uh the 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 fourth rebuild movie because evangelion and madoka are in are in this strange like parallel lockstep with each other um that i've that i've that i've always noticed and that no one ever no one else notices mages just have similar energy about them and this is kind of just like a chaos magic resonance of of art or something it 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 really it really is that thing it's just the perfect combination of like creator wants to like wants to throw the genre for a loop and then they fall into the trap of capitalism and everything they're they're trying to everything they're trying to throw up to like turn on their heads just gets horribly morphed into everything they didn't want the show to be and then they make a movie that gives a big middle finger to all of that and then it doesn't work and then you try to do it again 10 years later (laughs) Ah, uh, yeah. We we'll, 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 we'll. I guess we can take. We can segment. We can use this to somewhat segue and tease something for that. Uh, you guys should watch out for November. Uh huh. That's all I'll say about that. Uh-huh. But uh, so that's uh, that's Mangetsu. The White Lily itself. It reminds you of the Cubile from Zeta Gundam because of the big shoulders and the color scheme. Yes, it's like the honestly. Um, Sui Shows also gives off some some Quibli vibes. Yeah, it does. Um, um, it reminded will... me. It reminded me of something. I think honestly, the the whole roster just kind of reminds me of SD Gundams. They remind um, they remind me of a of like the Elemental Lords from Super Robot Wars. That's hmm. what they remind me of because also they're kind of all color coded, and the Elemental Lords are um are color coded too. Uh, yeah. All of them remind me of Super Robot Wars OG- OCs. I like how the White Lily has Edeon swords. Yes, I, I was, like. 
I mean, go on about the swords. No, I'm just like, I just, I like that. Cause that's like, I, I, I want more, I, I don't know. Like that was an aesthetic of something unique to Edeon that I really liked. So I was, uh, I was happy to see that. And I wonder if that was a direct callback to Edeon or just similar track or similar, like mindset. I don't know. <laughs> I want I, it to be I'm like, sorry. That- I'm sorry, uh, digression that I actually don't want you to cut, uh, my, my beautiful non-binary wife, Jasmine, just handed me a drink called Delaware Punch. I don't know what it is, but it's called Delaware Punch, which I think was one of Midoriya's attacks in early in my year academia. Um, let me taste it. It's non-carbonated and no caffeine, so I really don't know what it's got going for it. Shout out to Delaware Punch. We will do sponsorship ads if you uh, call us at um, whatever phone number. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's Fruit Punch. That's Flat Fruit Punch, uh, a Is product like, Coca-Cola company. It, would it be okay? So compared to like, let's let's put this in terms that I would know to um, uh-huh. this Delaware Punch uh, side arc filler arc. Um, <laughs> okay, would you? Is it some more close to like Hawaiian Punch? High C fruit punch or like Wawa fruit punch. I haven't tried Wawa's fruit punch. I tend to stay away from fruit punch because it's just sugar water. Um, so I don't know. Oh, they it's all are. weird. I think maybe. I think maybe it's because I'm holding the can and I expect it to be soda. So I think that's fucking with my interpretation of it because it's not carbonated or anything. So it's, it's like flat. It's like flat cherry Coke, but without the Coke taste. So flat cherry Sprite? I, I guess, but I, it's dark. Hmm. There might still be a Coke taste. I don't know. I have, I've never had flat cherry Coke. Anyway. So what's its final <laughs> that, attack? That, that was that Delaware Punch. <laughs> um... <laughs> Just like a hand, Delaware. just like morph out, like get Shin Getter style out of the side of the can, and it just punches you like in the face. Uh, yeah, and then for, and and then for as long as your bruise is there, you don't have to pay sales tax. Um, oh wow, that's not. I like that. I, I yeah, get right. It's it's face. a trade. It's it's a trade off. Equivalent for sure. exchange. I mean, you don't need it. You can just go to Delaware. <laughs> I don't worry. I under I, I understand. I understand why you don't. But I I lived in Delaware for like ten, first ten years of my life. Your your life is something where the, <laughs> your options are okay. I can I can go drive. I can go like take a drive somewhere. I can go take like a forty minute drive, or someone can punch me. <laughs> <laughs> but at least if I get punched, I'm not in Delaware. <laughs> I don't have a car, so I guess that's that. Maybe might be like a convenient factor. But uh, let's let's talk about Shingetsu. Shingetsu is the Delaware of this show. Um, <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know because because by the end, no one is quite certain she exists. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that that tracks. I am I am now living so far removed from there that I have like there's most of the people I come in contact with on a daily basis wouldn't be able to point it out on an unlabeled map. I would, but that's just because I lived there for ten years. Yeah, exactly. Every time, like the, this is a big military state, so there's a whole lot of people from all around the country, and anytime I see 
anybody with an East Coast driver's license because I work at a liquor store, so I have to see all of theirs. Anytime it's like Philadelphia or Maryland or New Jersey, I'm like, oh, I'm from Delaware. And I just I just need to have a brief conversation with somebody who knows what that is. Who's from somebody from the world. Like, I've just because I'm so on the Internet and plugged in, I find it so funny how like how culturally different just like 150 miles can really be. Yeah. Like, Amer- like, you got, like, the tri-state area and, like, the southern, like, Mer- Mer- you got the tri-state area and then you got, like, the top half of Virginia. And then the bottom half of Virginia is just, like, a completely different culture. Because that, oh, that, yeah, it, no. It's, it's, it's interesting. But I like Shingetsu's, um, she has, like, an Egyptian thing going on and I don't think they ever fully go into that. Does she? I, I At least I, I get that from her look. It kind of looks, like... When oh Shingetsu, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has like it's Anubis like a, ears. Anubis, I, I maybe someone on staff just really likes Zone of the Enders. Well, because like what what I was thinking, you know what I thought of? Because when she was in the first episode, when she's describing that like oh this is like you know ancient battle going ancient battles going on for years between mages and all that, and then they like they show like hieroglyphic mages fighting each other, like mm-hmm. and I'm like that gave me some fucking old school Yu Gi Oh vibes. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I would, I would, I would, because like, out of the only part of Yu-Gi-Oh I still jive with is like all the Egypt flashback stuff, because mm-hmm. that stuff's pretty cool. I'll still say that. I like that aesthetic when it's not attached to like modern day characters. I like, I liked it when it was like crazy pharaohs throwing actual demons at each other. Yeah, like summoning demons from, from stone tablets. Like that, yeah, that's, that was, that was that's, rad as hell. Yeah. So I, I kind of got that, a little bit of that vibe, but Shingetsu is really the main character. Like, that's kind of the twist. Yeah, it, the, the, she she is, like, like, ma- Mangetsu, like, like, the it's, like, two, Shingetsu and Mangetsu are really two different flavors of reluctant protagonist. Um, she, like, Mangetsu is the very cliche reluctant protagonist, where she feels, like, a need to be here, but she doesn't really have, like, she shouldn't. Like, she is very much an interloper. Um, and then Shingetsu is the one who is, like, bound by fate to be here, and just really doesn't want any part of it. Um. Yeah, her whole reason for doing Grand Bell is she wants to, like, destroy magic as a concept. Yes. Like, seal it away, which would, I think, and it, which is funny, because, like, that, like, if, the more I think about it, the more, like, she would be the villain of Mage of the Ascension, because that's the exact, like, <laughs> Mage of the Ascension, I'll talk about that at a different time, but the more I think about what I want the show to be, I just want to say Mage of the Ascension, with a little bit of fate thrown in. It's the, it's a part of the World of Darkness line, like, there's Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the Apocalypse, oh. Mage the Ascension, Hunter the Reckoning. Mummy the Resurrection, if you're one of the two people in the world who's ever played that. I see. I get it now. Demon the Fallen. Yes. Wraith the Obliv- Wraith the Oblivion. All those different games. Uh, but, uh, so, uh, she's kind of the, she's like Hammer Light. She doesn't, she's not quite as like, as, you know, suffering as Hamura is, but... Yeah, the show once again is pretty surface level. Like it's 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 a pool that you walk into, and you're surprised that you're at the edge, and you're only up to your knees. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and honestly, the like ha- the sh- the shamelessness with which they were just like, 
Oh yeah, Shingetsu Mangetsu are just our versions of Madoka and Hamura. That, and again, this was only because I just happened to like get that vibe and guess right and just be aware of the like the the tropes and just like glean from the amount of marketing just how what the show was gonna be. I I knew I was like, okay, this is gonna be a pretty shallow aesthetic affair. Um, it actually helped. It helped brace me because I'm like, okay, y'all aren't gonna actually try for a whole lot here, yeah. are you? <laughs> it, it helps. It helps meter your expectations. Um, yeah. and her 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 name means new moon, and Mangetsu means full moon. Mm-hmm. Because subtlety. <laughs> yeah, they, they even say it in the show, like, oh, we're both named after the moon. We're gay now. <laughs> we're gay. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're gay now. <laughs> Sick. Uh, her her armonix is the uh, Viola Katza. That's, which that's it, good. It means purple cat, apparently. Uh, it means it means death scythe hell. Um... Yeah, it do- it's honestly like it it's it's it, it looks like the death scythe hell with a gun. Doesn't the death scythe hell also have a tail? No, I'm thinking of. I might be thinking of Galgar. Yeah, the, the Epion has a tail. The Ep. Mm, yes. It looks like death scythe hell meets Epion. If we're going Gundam Wing. Yeah, because yes. I remember. I, I, I always thought remember because the Epion it would transform and it still had a tail. Well, fucking furry. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're calling you out, Trace Kush Renata, you fucking furry. <laughs> Wait, no, Zex piloted um, if... it, but Trace built it though. I don't fucking. That's going to win. Is there? If if I I wanna I wanna grow I wanna I wanna get a weed farm and I wanna make my own strain called Trace Kush Renata. <laughs> I that's. That's great. <laughs> so uh, I like the Viola Katza. It's it's pretty cool looking. It, it's on. It's probably the best design out of all of them. I, if I was gonna, if I was gonna own an Armonix, I would probably uh, I'd buy a little toy of the Viola Katza. Yeah, I want a Viola. I want a Viola Katza, and I want a Setsugetsu Baika, and I want a White Lily, but only if it comes with its psycho eyeballs. Yeah, that was. They never quite explained why Mangetsu can go like do like super... <laughs> go crazy go stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> why she can do that but like her eyes turn red and all that and i'm kind of like uh but i guess we it should looks it looks cool <laughs> this show just doesn't really explain itself a lot which is why our actual summary of the plot is going to be so short um yeah. so basically mangetsu's mangetsu's regular high school girl she kind of acts the way i was happy that rika didn't in gridman the, mm-hmm. Oh no! What is happening to me? My I'm just a regular girl. What is this? Where Rico is kind of just like, what's going on here? It, it was just like it's because once again, this is this is this show is aggressively being an anime. Yes. So it, <laughs> so she goes back to school because she's making lunches for people that because everyone mooches off of her because she has no self respect. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like she, yeah, it's uh, it's the thing where it's like, oh my god, she's too, she's too fucking nice. Yeah, it's very that. So she goes back to school because she forgot one of the lunch boxes. Because I guess in Japan you can just go into the school building after dark. Like, dude, the second four o'clock happened. The school was on lockdown with armed guards. Yeah, in I don't fucking know, America. Like, I don't know if it's like a tr- like maybe it's just like. It- an anime trope or maybe it's maybe i mean maybe depending on where you live like yeah they don't they don't lock up the school like what's what's there what's at the school why would anybody go there i don't fucking know yeah it's like i don't know it that i guess that's just a cultural thing because it's <laughs> it, 
if if you live in Japan, first of all, we're very sorry for everything for everything Western anime fans say and do about your culture. Uh, but also, but also, hey, douchebag us about if you've ever gone into your school after hours and what they lock up and what they don't. Yes. Um. So then, it suddenly she's teleported to magical otherworld dividing driver arena. I love, I, one thing I will say, I, I do love the effect of when, like, the world shifts. It, get, it gets this weird texture over everything, and it looked all watercolory. Yeah, uh, that was but cool. Then it went, but, the, but then it, like, it went away when they got to, like, the battlefield arena, and I was really hoping it would stay like that permanently. <laughs> um, it's kind of um, just like, it looks like a Final Fan. it, it looks like an arena from Dissidia Final Fantasy. Yes. Like, it's just it's, kind of, uh, like, geometrically impossible castles and, like, weird abstract fantasy landscape. I wonder if they... I wonder it's barely if a narrative space. Point, I wonder if they at any point pitched this as, like, a video game tie-in. Like, maybe I that happened it, at some point. If this played kind of... You know how... What? If there was, like... if the, Maybe if you have 20 Armonixes and this plays, oh. like, Gundam versus... Like, like, uh, like, full boost? Yes. It had that kind of gameplay, like, you're always locked onto your opponent and all that and you're zipping around? Mm-hmm. But like, but instead, of, but like, you'd always be flying around, like so, like there, yeah. like you wouldn't have to, because in Gundam versus Gundam, you're kind of restricted to like a two D plane with like boosting. But yeah, and, and, and of be... course, the, the 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 problem the problem would be with the, like then microtransactions and customization, and then like swimsuit you'd... DLC for twelve ninety nine. Yeah. Oh, That's... yeah. Because then, of course, like not not only could you dress up your Arminox, you could also dress up your pilot, and then it would show whenever you did a super move, it would show the it would show the cutaway on everyone's screen. Yeah, because that that's that you cutaways are uh, you got to do the cutaways. Okay. Um. So that's where um Mangetsu kind of watches Shingetsu fighting off Rosa and uh, Suisho and Anna. Like they're just fucking ganging up on Shingetsu. And Shingetsu mm-hmm. somehow calls Mangetsu's cell phone from her Arminox, which was like, okay. <laughs> it's got Bluetooth. <laughs> it's got Bluetooth. And uh, from there on, so then, out of nowhere, Mangetsu's kind of like, oh, I can have one of these. And they, she, like, blows up Rosa. And Rosa's like, well, I'm out. So Shingetsu kind of starts explaining, they go back to Earth, and Shingetsu starts explaining to Mangetsu, like, hey, listen, we're all mages from, like, mage families, we're all, like, this, and we all fight over who gets to be, like, uh, the witch, I think, or the princi- Principalis Magus, or something like that. They interchange, uh, they- Yeah. They, uh, Princep Mage, or something like that. Yeah, Princep Mage, that's what the it princip is. Princep Mage. To, yeah. The Princep Mage, and, uh, essentially they just get, like, essentially unlimited magic power. Um, and Shingetsu wants to end the conflict because of, you know- all the blood that's been spilled and how Grand Belm tears people apart and how magic is bad. And that's pretty much the the first three episodes. Eventually, well, Rosa gets kicked out of uh, Suisho and Anna's club. And then we don't see her again until later. And then the show pretty much just falls into the routine of, like, a little bit of exposition, introducing other Armonex car- uh, users, like mages, and then just... Mm-hmm. Because the Grand Belm fights only happen at, at on the full moon, but it never feels like a month had, had gone by. Yeah, no, it, uh, I, I feel the, like at first it did, because it was like a couple episodes before the second tournament, and I was yeah. just like, oh, okay, this is what they're going to do. Because, yeah, like I said before, like, I... If this if this was a better... Sh- if, if this show had more to say, 
I might have been down for like 26 episodes, provided that the other 13 weren't Grand Belm tournaments. Um, and, and we actually saw more of like what it means to actually, cause it's like, honestly, like if I, if, if, if I had a major like duty in my life that I had to dedicate a whole like evening to and the, the outcome of which could change my fate forever, but I had to wait an entire month between those nights, I would probably have a mental fucking breakdown. Oh yeah, dude, the anxiety would probably stop my heart. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, no, it is. That's that was that that was the whole thing about Shinji's anxiety and dilemma, is that hey, enjoy your regular ass school life, Shinji. Who knows when the next angel will show up? We don't fucking know. God, yeah. Sele does, but we don't. <laughs> Can we make a can we make a Doogie How a Doogie Hauser remake? It's like a it's like a Riverdale esque drama, and the entire crux of his life is he is in a Shinji type situation where he has to be a normal student, but at any point in time he could be on call, and like his beeper goes off, and he has to like do major surgery to save someone's life, <laughs> and sometimes he fails, and then he still has to do his homework even though a man just died by his hands. That's the I can't wait for Hideaki Anno to make Shin Doogie Hauser. <laughs> Shin Doogie. I'd watch that. And they they they'll have brand synergy because the net, net Netflix will greenlight a live action Evangelion and Neil Patrick Harris will play Gendo. <laughs> I don't know what's what's worse. <laughs> uh anyhow. Um Anyhauser. So, anyhow, at that point, um, essentially we start getting more into Anna and Shingetsu's backstory, where Shingetsu was kind of adopted into Anna's family to replace Anna, because Anna didn't really, was not really that good at magic. Yeah. I, I did like that one reveal of, like, the, 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 the whole crux of her confidence was because Shing, was because Shingetsu wanted her approval and support so much that she would help her secretly do magic. And, and it uh, was like, so it's like that, that, that reveal I did, I did like. Yeah. Like once again, good ingredients. Uh-huh. There is some good character moments, especially towards the back half, but Anna gets so angry and there's actually probably one of the better fight scenes in the show is Anna and, you know, um, Shingetsu's kind of final battle where, um, like, uh, Anna gets fucking killed, like, dead. And then when you die in Grand Belm, you just get erased from reality, which is, I'm assuming why there's only, like, six people who compete. There's only seven competitors. God, yeah, Im- imagine the, v- the, the, the early, the early Grand Belm tournaments was, were probably just literally just warfare. Oh, yeah, probably. It was probably f- fucking Fortnite. <laughs> It was probably just like uh, like generals leading armies, and it was probably just like a fucking RTS game of just like j- jobber jobber mechs just smashing into each other, and then they just dwindled every month. Yeah, <laughs> scope, magical scope dogs. So Anna eventually dies, and at that point, um, right before then, Suisho kind of just went full like crazy eyes on Anna. Being all like, oh no, you're actually like a piece of shit weakling, so I'm not gonna like, I'm not working for you anymore. I only did that because I thought you were strong and I could just kind of mooch off you. So at that point, we're pretty much just like, Nene is there, but she gets knocked out of the of the game too, but she survives. 
and then she's just kind of a friend. Kuan then kind of becomes like the third main character, and it's just it's like three uh, three versus Suisho. Uh yeah, it, it got really it got really fucking one sided towards the end. Uh, and then Kuan bites it, and she gets erased from reality, and her sister wakes back up, and is kind of they have a nice camping trip, and she plays guitar, and I was like, what's happening? That was, I. That was such a weird episode, but overall, the the emotion, the emotional resonance of it all, like that landed. worked. It worked for me. It worked. The for presentation, me. once again, though, just it's it's this this show is weird. I don't know. There's a lot of weird choices in this show. Yeah. Uh, so then we kind of get... So then, at that point, it's, you know, two versus... It's White Lily, Viola Katza versus, um, Sweet Show. And, uh, uh, Mangetsu gets hit really hard, and it's revealed that Mangetsu is fading out of reality because she doesn't really exist. Or she does, but she was essentially chaos magicked into reality by... Shingetsu wanting a girlfriend. Yeah. And that's why she has, like, no personality or anything, because all she- her entire personality is just being in love with Shingetsu, pretty much. Yeah, and honestly, the- I, I think another- another reason it, it resonated with- with me so hard was because, uh, a few mo- like, a, a little bit prior to watching Grand Belm, I had seen, uh, Anohana for the first time. Oh, uh, the flower, we, uh, the flower we saw that day, and just like the boy, howdy, I cried, <laughs> um, and just you know, just that that whole concept, that that whole energy that they're put, that whole vibe coming out of like having to say goodbye to a friend we all fucking care about, even if she, even if for in the context of this show's if this show's timeline, what the audience saw, she was technically been gone and never here in a way, but still was, but also wasn't, and it just fucks, it's fucked up. I feel like um, it would have let. I feel like once again, good ingredients. I just feel like a better chef should have been in charge of this meal. Yeah, and I feel that would have really landed if just the rest of the show tried a little harder. Uh, so then it becomes a pretty awesome final battle against um, Shingetsu and uh, Suisho. Like Suisho pulls back the hood, and her ma- her uh, her armonix kind of goes like. Turns into a final boss from a Super Robot Wars game. Yeah, it total this like th- this is when it gets tropey in a good way for me. Just like yeah, oh, this, this is like, when stuff started landing for me. Fucking like y- just like yandere ass big bad. Like this isn't even my final form. Just like freaking the the, muda, the protagonist muda, muda, and the antagonist. <laughs> the protagonist and the antagonist just like fucking screaming, screaming their own life philosophies at each other as they beat the ever loving shit out of <laughs> out of each other and themselves. Yeah, the, I'd say the best moment this entire show is how fucking um, Shingetsu wins uh-huh. is by getting out of her fucking Armanex and then you, and then fucking like and like remotely controlling it. Yes, that was pretty cool. I like that. I was like, oh, that's clever. That's a clever thing that happened in this show. That's not really that clever. Yeah, I I also did like I did like when Kuan almost. One that vi- that victory was almost so fucking good, and I got really mad. I got really mad at the. It base. It felt like a fucking. It felt like such a fucking cop out. It felt like it, it came out of nowhere the way that they just sort of rewrote 
how she did how 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 freaking Suisho turned the tables on Kuan and like and and got her instead. I I felt like a wrestling fan watching a match that clearly should have gone the other way. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean that was probably the intent. So good on them, I guess. To make you mad like, at Suisho, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, like um. So that's. And then, so, at that point, then, you know, Shingetsu becomes the Precepts Mage and is, like, Princeps Mage and decides to go through with it after having a talk with Suisho's ghost. Suisho, I think, was also, like, an artificial human made to, like, purposely oppose Shingetsu. Yeah, she... I think that's what happened, yeah. She was basically, like, a firewall... (laughs) And that was about it. And then they talk, and she's like, nah, I really want to do this, even if I have to sacrifice my own existence. And then it kind of tries to pull, like, a last episode of Madoka thing, where, like, Shingetsu is sort of in limbo in terms of existing or not. And yeah, and then, like, um, Rosa has taken Anna's place in reality. Mm-hmm. Nene, uh, Nene's still around. Um, Mangetsu's Isn't not she, like- there. Didn't she get to be taller? No. <laughs> Fuck. No, that sworn. was just that was. At least I don't. I just saw the episode like in a, like a couple hours ago, but I, I don't think so. Mm. Uh huh. Okay. And, and then there was, uh, and then she's like there at school, and then a new girl comes in. And I think it's supposed to be Mangetsu, and I'm like that. If it is, that completely undermines that entire thing, that entire plot point. But yeah, I yeah I think I think they. Again, it was another thing where they didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. They just cared about the emotional response of that kind of ending, of just, like, the cliffhanger of, like, is this, like, is it Mangetsu? Or you could also, this is one of those things where it's, like, you could come up with a really insightful critique and interpretation of that last shot, but you would then be putting way more effort into writing that than the writers did. Um, yes. Because where my brain goes to is like, okay, well, that is... Th- that is presenting Shingetsu with the idea of, like, like, no, that is not Mangetsu, but it could still be somebody important in your life if you are willing to open yourself back up and make connections with people again even though this last one didn't work out um like you have the ability to find another mangetsu you know roughly speaking you know that that sort of sentiment of like there's other fish in the sea um okay and that like and 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 you know and because like because mangetsu was from her so it's again it's another one of those things like when people die in fiction it's like you look up in the sky and you see their fucking face in the clouds it's like you, mangetsu see, goku's fa- you see goku with the angel wings <laughs> saluting everybody <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah but uh that's that's grand Belm, right yeah i think that's grand Belm. um Oh, Tooch, I recently read, uh, in a single sitting, I had, I made the horrible decision because my week was going too well. <laughs> and I read, my week was going too well, and I was in too good of a mood, so I decided to read all of, uh, Inuyashiki in a single sitting. Inuyashiki, I'm not familiar with that, I saw you talking about it. So, and I'm, I'm I, 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 really th- want... I just thought, I just thought you misspelled Inuyasha twice. No, Inuyasha, okay, um, Inuyashiki, I really want to cover this podcast, but I don't know if I want to subject you to that. Let That's my dilemma. That. But it's uh, it's about uh, an old man who, who is not respected by his family, and he's kind of like, just he's kind of like a, just a sad old man who 
just goes for a walk in the park where he kind of comes across like a young high schooler and then suddenly both of them explode because of aliens. And then two aliens are like, oh shit, I think we accidentally killed two of their life forms. Let's replace them with with identical copies that are mechanical. And so Inuyashi, the main character, Ichiro Inuyashiki, goes home and finds out that he's a fucking super powerful cyborg now. And so he tries, uh-huh. so he, and so he now is using this power to do like good things, whereas the teenager just becomes a fucking spree killer. And it's like it's 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 really graphic and really dark. It's by the guy who wrote Gaunts, if that's any kind, if that's any context. <laughs> and I liked Gaunts a lot, but in like every chapter feels like a thirty second fever dream. It's it's there's apparently an anime too that fought, adapts the entire manga, but I it was good. It just if you're into dark fucked up shit like I am, I got Devin's seal of approval. We might do it, we might not. I don't know. But I wanted to talk about that briefly. No, yeah, it's it's it seems good. I I think I think I would, I I probably would be interested to it, but it would it would go on my list of this was amazing and I never want to see it again. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I I I understand that. I just I I was had a I had a conversation with a friend of mine and we both are a fan of the kind of, I call it hyper sinen or seinen, uh-huh. where it's like like I don't think Inuyashiki is any more disturbing or violent than Berserk is, but. Berserk also has a level of fantasy to it, where Inuyashiki takes place in a really grounded setting. So it's a lot more like, even though it's just as violent and depraved as Berserk, do you you feel less disconnected from it? Because that's like, oh shit, this is just real life. Yeah, and especially because the the protagonist is so not is so atypical. Like it just gives you that whole realistic perspective because it's like you know. Like yeah, it's it's true. There's plenty of cult. There's plenty of like, especially especially modern first world capitalist cultures, just sort of like treat old people like shit. And it's tough to get. It's tough when you're faced with that. Uh, on top of everything else, I'm sure this show has to offer. Um, it's very good. I will say I I gave it a nine out of ten on my on my anime list. But it's a uh... a say nine out of ten. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's really dark, it's really graphic, and, uh, it can kind of leave you feeling kind of empty inside, which is my favorite feeling. <laughs> so we might cover we that all in the know, future. Devin. <laughs> uh, but that was Grand Belm. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, you can reach us at, uh, at, at Metrospective, at Metrospective on Twitter. I uh-huh. think our Tumblr is sort of active, I don't know, are we gonna keep using our Tumblr or not? It's up to you, really. Uh. I never use Tumblr. You you would have to consistently remind me that Tumblr is a thing if you wanted me to run it. It's Other it's up to that, you. Up to You're you. the one who uh, who has the login criteria, so I'm gonna leave that up to you. I want to keep our Twitter so we have something, but yeah. And honestly, my I, I I feel like my own personal social media presence is about to take a nosedive. So I think I have room in my life to dig back into Tumblr if it's just for metros. I use Twitter, purposes. so I just I just retweet things. <laughs> And make jokes occasionally. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to do that anymore, honestly. <laughs> yeah, social media is a cancer upon our society, but it's good to help people listen, get people to listen to our podcasts. You may yeah, email yeah. us at, uh, metros- at uh, metrospective at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And uh, next week we'll be talking about Votoms again. We got the Kuminar. Yeah! Spe- uh, but uh, speaking of our email, like we did, we did get back to those the couple people who emailed us, and one of them did get back to did re- respond and was like, "Okay, cool." Um, <clears throat> do you want to read their and... email? Because uh, we got a couple messages on uh, SoundCloud from two people, and I messaged them both saying we're back. Oh, okay, was... cool. Yeah. 
they were asking when we're making new episodes, like, a couple years ago, and I was like, hey, if you're still on SoundCloud, we're making new episodes now! And so there was two people, and I, uh, so I, I did get back to them, and they, they both responded, so. But did we get any emails? Any hey douchebags or anything? Uh, no, it was, it was, it was At Dan At this point, who... only Gridman is out. Yeah, it, it was, it was Dan who got back to, who got, who re- replied after I got back to them finally. Because I don't um, think we've read their emails yet. Those are on the Votoms, the first Votoms episode, which isn't up yet. But by the, by the time people are listening to this one. To this one, yes. Sorry, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> Time, Time is doesn't weird. exist. It's fake. Um, yeah, but basically, I mean, all they did was they were just like, "Great, I'll keep a lookout for new episodes." And then they asked me, like, they asked me how to like subscribe to podcasts without without Apple. And I, you poor unfortunate soul, I'm sorry that Apple does this to people and makes them think they have a monopoly over fucking audio. Um, yeah, we're just on SoundCloud, bro. Um, I think we are on iTunes. Um, at least we used to be because all you have to do is give your RSS feeds to, to iTunes. If it's, I, th- I don't think our, our feed changed then. Uh, I know we're on. You, if you want to, you can just listen to our stuff directly on SoundCloud. I I know that our at the very least our old feed is still up because I checked because also every every third party podcast app that you download also just takes all of its RSSs from iTunes. So if you're on iTunes, you're usually on everything except like Spotify. Um, so yeah, some of my favorite podcasts just switched to Spotify, being exclusive on Spotify. Um, retrospective. Let me see here. Um, no, uh, for some, I I think we would have to re. uh, We would have to. I have no idea what's wrong with our iTunes, but I don't think it's up to date. We will get to that. We'll figure probably by the time you're listening to this. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, final thoughts on Granbell? Would you recommend it? I'd say I wouldn't give this a, a recommendation. If you're looking for something, like, good or life-changing, this isn't it. It's kind of... I would I, I would say it's not bad. It just I don't think I'm going to remember this show in a year. If you... Uh... If, if, if you're just really... If you're just really thirsty for... What, for, like... Sh- for, like short watchable anime and you enjoy the aesthetics of this series um i think it's i i i would honestly recommend it if for no other reason than like i would love to see more i would love to see more people tackle this this genre mashup i want i i i want i want more mecha magical girls and it and you know uh I, it, it is fun and is enjoyable, but like, yeah, it's it's not going to change your life. But if you don't care about that, then it's fun. <laughs> uh, before before we go, just to bring up Inuyashiki a single to another time, because this was such a uh-huh. bizarre series of events, and not series of events, but just a weird chaos magic coincidence uh-huh. in some way. So I was like, okay, I, I want I want to see what the Inuyashiki anime looks like. So I, I did, and I found out there's an Inuyashiki live action movie, and it doesn't look that great. It looks like they're kind of shocker. It looks like they're going way more for like an action thing than kind of the dark, the the kind of complete horror darkness of the manga, mm. where it's like they're more hyping up like old man, old man fights a teenager. That's kind of more what they were going for in the advertising. But the YouTube, but the YouTube video where I found I saw the live action trailer had a single comment, and you know what it said? Please, Japan, make Mazinger Z in live action. <laughs> And I kind of sat there in disbelief for a good ten minutes, staring at that fucking comment. Like, what? Please, please, Japan. 
Make Please, the entire country of Japan. Make Messenger Z in live action. Just fucking watch. Just watch Messenger Z Infinity or whatever. Yeah, we we will enough. at some point. I want yeah. to. Great, great's in it. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 been a lot of Massinger stuff, like in terms of like Super Robot Wars that we can talk about in a, in a bit. But uh, for now, we cry at robots. We do cry. At robots.